You're listening to The Invisible Blog. If only we'd been nicer. Is there anything more insulting? So I'm on Facebook the other day because while my job is to make jokes with my friends and get paid for it, recreationally, I stand out on the sidewalk and let assholes kick me in the balls. And I'm in one of these ball-kicking sessions, specifically about tone policing the left, when for about the 10,000th time since the election, someone makes an argument so blood-boilingly stupid, it deserved an entire blog. And it goes like this. I'm sure you've heard this song before. You know... I know lots of kind and caring and wonderful and giving people who voted for Trump. And maybe if liberals had been nicer, they wouldn't have voted for him. Maybe these simple salt-of-the-earth coal miners would have cranked the lever on the left if only those kids at Evergreen had just used their inside voices. Now, this is stupid for a million reasons, but let's clear a few of the big ones away right away. This idea, this fiction, implies that white, totally not racist, hardworking guys with constantly smudged faces poured out of their coal mines and their factories that make wooden toys no one buys anymore. They they turned out in record numbers for Trump because Anita Sarkeesian was coming for their video games in a white tide and won it. And this is numerically untrue for a bunch of reasons. They've, they've done a ton of studies on Trump voters, and economic stability doesn't come anywhere close to racism in decision-making for Trump. Uh, also, let's not forget, significantly more people voted for Hillary. The amount of humans who wanted a thing came out in Hillary's favor. The antiquated election system to keep things fair among slave owners and farm owners did not. But but more to the point, Trump won this magical white vote by 21%. Romney won the white vote by 20%. There's no white surge, no rising up of the angry white men. He won the white vote because white men are often Republicans. So the idea that Trump won because white people were tired of being called racist or being bullied by the left into healthcare and a better economy. I'm not sure what we're supposed to be bullying about, but it's, it's bullshit. And the people who say this know it's bullshit because the real reason Trump won doesn't do the people who are making this argument any favors. Now, I know there have been a thousand hot takes on why Hillary lost, but here's mine. I'll keep it brief. Please forgive me. I think the reason Trump won was because liberals ran on a campaign of not Trump. That's it. And look, that should have been enough. But if you really followed the election in between the I won't grab your pussy and the I didn't just mock a disabled reporter on national television, it was pretty obvious the message of the Democrats in 2016 in the general was, hey, she's not Donald Trump. Vote for her. The only problem was there were several people who weren't Donald Trump. And if the resounding and overwhelming message people heard was don't vote for Donald Trump, then the guy who thought Aleppo was a dog food and the lady who thought Wi-Fi melted your brain were valid choices. And when we look at the numbers in the swing states, the 
not Trump votes are there. The ones that we needed to win. Florida, 297,000 votes for a third party. Enough for a win. Pennsylvania, 268,000 votes. Enough for a win. And that doesn't even count the folks for whom not Trump wasn't enough to show up. And it turns out that was a lot of people. Again, I don't understand it, but seems to be true. But I'm not talking about third-party voters right now, or even non-voters. I will mumble their name along with King Joffrey and the Hound another day. No, today I want to talk about these mythical white men, these hard-working, salt-of-the-earth baseball fans who actively voted Republican, for whom not Trump was not enough, who I have been told over and over and over again voted for Trump because the left went too far, because trans people didn't ask nicely enough for their humanity and black people didn't ask nicely enough not to be shot. And I gotta ask you, I mean genuinely ask you, because I know who I'm talking to, how much not nice would you personally have had to endure before you voted for a candidate promising to ban an entire religion from our country? How much name-calling would have made you say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm voting for the guy who called Mexicans rapists and drug dealers. I'm pulling the trigger for the guy who brags about pussy-grabbing. Is the answer no amount? No fucking amount? Because that's what it was for me. And for those for whom there apparently was an amount of name-calling before they made that decision, is there anything more obvious than that they are not, by any stretch of the imagination, a good or reasonable person? I mean, if you're so petty, if you're so incredibly small-minded and illogical that name-calling on college campuses can make you guess wrong on the easiest multiple-choice question presented to the American electorate in a century, am I supposed to care that you love dogs and are kind to small children? I mean, let's, let's put aside for a moment the fact that good person is a meaningless term, but... If we're going to use it, and it seems that we are, because I've heard it a thousand times, isn't voting for the bad guy right smack in the middle of bad person territory? Isn't using the single most political power an unelected human can have to vote for bigotry, racism, homophobia, and the death of your fellow man just a demonstrably bad thing to do? I mean, are we really so childish, so blind, so fooled by the banality of America's obsession with the everyday cup of sugar lending and borrowing not to understand that a vote has way more significance than whether or not you'll share your beer at a baseball game, that your vote says so much more about who you are. I mean, I gotta say, fuck this. Fuck the false equivalency between helping change a tire and electing a candidate who wants to kick 23 million people off their health insurance. I'm sorry, would Bill down at the gas and sip have to start personally taking away Medicaid from old people before the liberal elite was no longer a good enough excuse? How many oxygen tanks would sweet Kathy at the hairdressers 
personally have to remove before you wouldn't blame Oscar acceptance speeches for her behavior. But here's the part I really don't understand. It's, it's the grand finale. It's so beautiful. But nobody, nobody thought Hillary was too far left. They thought she was a corporate chill. They thought she was establishment. They thought she had sent Russia emails or whatever. But with the possible exception of Ted Nugent, we were all pretty much agreed that if Hillary had a problem, it was she was too far in the middle, right? I mean, you remember that, right? You remember what the middle was like before it was camped in by people like Chuckle along with Richard Spencer, Dave Rubin, and motherfucking Jordan Ate Richard Dawkins like Stalin. Thanks for the $47,000 a month on Patreon. Who cares what the law actually says, Peterson? Before it was camped in by tone policing, if only we'd been nicer, smug factories like you. No, let me tell you what this argument is. This if only we'd been nicer argument. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie by cowards who don't want to hold the people in their lives responsible who did a bad thing. Who don't want to hold themselves responsible because deep down they know the real problem is that they weren't mean enough. When Uncle Al made the first black joke, they didn't say anything because, hey, I love Uncle Al. When Aunt Edna spent the last three years telling you Obama was a Muslim, you thought to yourself, ha! Crazy Aunt Edna, what's the harm? But now, of course, they see it. They see that they should have had those fights before it was too late, before these people put their money where their mouth was and gave us the president they told us they wanted all along. You should have believed them. You should have been brave. You should have fought the good fight and fallen out of favor if that's what it meant because that's what people who are honest about social change do. So instead, these tone policers, these moderates, these sympathizers, these centrists turn to the left because we're the good guys. We're the ones capable of change, right? And deep down, many of us suspect in a couple years we're going to win it all back. So why not bide our time, cover our eyes, ignore the hard conversations, and cowardly pick at the imperfections of the good instead of dealing with the evil in our kitchen? I mean, since the imbalance so obviously doesn't matter, there will always be something to pick on. And you'll always be able to convince yourself you were the good guy. You were the good guy who spent World War II passing a swear jar around the concentration camp, but you were the good guy nonetheless. So to you, my tone policers, my moderates, my high ground takers, my head shakers, I say again, you aren't the black guy who talked the KKK out of racism in that link you keep sending me. You aren't the emissary you imagine yourself to be. You're not more reasonable. You're not more skeptical. You're not kinder or more open. In fact, you're the opposite. You're cowards. You're enablers. You're the latest in a long line of progressives standing to the side of history, criticizing the doers, empowering the villains, feeling smug about your non-participation in change, and deep down you know it. And you should have been brave when it mattered.
Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please consider supporting this blog on patreon.com forward slash Eli Bosnick. There's a poem already out this month for higher level patrons. And I'm hoping to get with Thomas from Serious Inquiries Only in the next week or so. Chat about being an artist, specifically uh, letters to a young poet. And if you're already a patron, stay tuned after the music for a little mini afterthoughts. I'm a good person.